You're listening to The Pastor Pod, sharing what we're learning to help you lead well in our culture today. This podcast is hosted by pastors Josh Robinson and Jay Mudd. Their goal is to be real, transparent, and let you in on what pastors really think about stuff. Welcome back to The Pastor Pod. We are on episode 47, and if you're new with us, uh, I'm Josh. I'm a pastor at a church in Venice, Florida, uh, the Bridge Church here, and I'm here with my co-host, Jay Mudd, who is a um, most recent pastor at a church in Church of Southlake in Claremont, Florida. What's up, Jay? What's up? And you got to admit, you are the pastor at the Bridge Church in Venice, Florida, on the island. <laughs> On the island, Josh. Oh my gosh! I, ha- I got to enjoy nope, the just island one of the this past weekend. I got, to yeah, enjoy, I know. I yeah. got to enjoy. I got to enjoy the island this weekend. That's uh, right. And you guys went to the exciting. beach. Yeah, um, and, and listen, um, for all those who are listening who are in the Venice area, um, it was a joy. It really was, and um, I can now affirm and confirm that Josh really does live on an island. Um, I was at his house and. Um, Got to go over a bridge, surrounded by water, three-story house. It's it's massive. It's massive. Yeah, that's <laughs> absolutely incorrect. I don't live on the island. Josh and you were you were in my house. You were in my house with kids all over the place. House no, Jay did a floor. you did a great job. If you don't know, Jay preached uh, Sunday morning for our services, and then he did a great job leading our men's night. We had like man over two hundred fifty men and. I did a great job sharing the gospel all weekend. So I'm sure you're a little bit tired on Monday. Were you were you dragging a little bit? Nah, man. Nah, man. That was a walk in the park, Josh. You pastors who preach every week, you don't, you know, I, I don't, it's easy. Come on. I'm joking. Yeah, what, I'm joking. What are we thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, anyhow, Josh, let's not neglect our, our friend, uh, our newfound friend, uh, maybe for me. I just met him, but Josh, you know. Uh, Nick, but let's uh, let's welcome Nick to the uh, to the podcast. Nick, what's going on, my friend? Hey, thanks for having me today. Um, yeah, my name is Nick. I'm worship and missions pastor in Uly, Florida, which is as far north as you can get until you hit Georgia. So, been here for six and a half years, uh, and I've known Josh for twelve years. And Josh, how do you guys has know? Been, has, Come it, on. has it been twelve years? That. That's that's pretty awesome. Well, it's Nick, been, been I met years. Nick. I was a youth pastor at a church in L.A. Lower Alabama. Lower Alabama. That's, oh, my, that's my one. Yep. That for all, I know all that, everyone I listening, know everyone for that terrible joke, most people have already turned off the podcast. But for the few that appreciated that, thank you for staying with us. But no, I was a youth pastor, and I met Nick at uh, the Baptist College of Florida, where actually you, you and me, Jay, graduated as well as Nick. Go but Eagles. he was in college. Yeah, he was in college. I saw him singing. Uh, at one of the uh, what, what do you call the day where you bring like high schoolers to the college? Was bring a preview day? day. Bring a friend day. Preview day, and Nick was leading worship, and uh, him and and me and Cassidy uh, connected, and then he started coming out and and volunteering at our our youth group and our church for I don't know a few years. He he even lived with us for a summer, and Nick can tell you a lot about that. <laughs> What's it like to live with? Young, a younger Josh and Cassidy in our marriage. Wow, there's a whole bunch. There's a whole other podcast. There's a lot here. I even helped do his wedding. I mean, I even helped do his wedding. Wow. wow. So you said Eagles. He said Eagles. And I think that was right as I was leaving. There was the big Eagle charge. I don't. I don't think that was the. I don't think I understood that. But um, 
man, you guys do go way back. That's that's awesome. Way uh, back. We do. We do. And Nick's got a great heart. If you don't know Nick, um, he's an incredible worship leader, loves the Lord. Um, he's the real deal. And uh, has been a faithful friend for many years and has an incredible story. I hope you'll kind of share a little bit of that today, a little bit of that today, Nick, for everyone listening. But we're glad you're here. We really wanted to, to pick your brain and get to know like your heart on we're really talking today about missional living and what does it look like to live on mission and what you're learning in your journey. And really, this whole podcast is about, you know, pastors and leaders just being transparent and talking about what we're yeah. learning. And what, what me and Jay love doing is not only discussing with each other, but learning from, from friends like you that, you know, what, what is God teaching you? And uh, mm -hmm. we'll just kind of walk through that. So tell us a little bit about your family and then just your, your call to ministry and where, where, how it brought you to today. Yeah, yeah. So um, my name is Nick again. My wife's name is Natalie. And we have two boys, uh, Ezra and Abram. And uh, we've been at Mercy Hill Church in Yulee, Florida, again, for six and a half years. Grateful to be here um, doing the missions and worship. It's kind of like a dream job for me in the sense if you had like ambitions and thoughts of, you know, when you're trying to figure out what's God calling you to and what is he stirring um, and so since being here, um, I've learned a lot when it comes to worship, but I think even more so about um, the idea of missions and being on mission. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I came to faith uh, at 17 years old and then immediately didn't know what I was going to do. I thought I was going to travel the world and be a culinary um, chef. And I wanted to, to do specifically uh, seafood. And so uh, who, you know, who would have thought that I would have instead not had been smart enough and went to Bible college. So BCF was my saving grace there. Uh, but yeah, went into Bible college and um, really fought through even there. What is, what is God calling me to? Um, I started as a music major and then I wanted to learn the why behind, behind what we do. And so I switched it to more of a ministry theology study and uh, graduated there um, uh, a year after my wife and I got married. So I was in college we have a new, had a newborn and we're graduating. And so my wife, Natalie, didn't even get to see me uh, walk across the stage because our, our youngest was just our oldest, oldest now was uh, just a mess. So, yeah. And, and from there, even even after that graduation, um, I moved to High Springs, Florida, where I was a student pastor um, and just really wrestled still like, God, what are you doing? I know you, you know, you, you, you've gifted me in this way and I've, I have a heart for um, the world. Um, and I just was called to be faithful in that time. And I had a friend of mine at one time during the wrestling of Lord, are you calling me to something next um, in ministry? Um, he just said, be a hundred percent until you're not. And I was like, that's, that's really lame advice. Like I wanted like you to give me this big <laughs> esoteric thing, but you know, it was just, it was simply be a hundred percent there until you're not. And so, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we, Begin to pray, and the Lord opened uh, opportunity for us to come to to Yuli. Um, before that, actually, I don't know if Josh remembers this. Uh, we had been praying about church planning um, right in this area, and so it was it was crazy. Um, I, I might share a little bit about this later, but those desires um, that we had to be in this area, the Lord put it also in Josh's heart, Josh and Cassidy's heart, um, and who would have thought? The previous church you were at was literally a stone throw away from where I'm at currently. So we had these desires for the specific area. We're praying together. I've met with people about church planning and, um, you know, the Lord had other plans, but the desires came to fruition. And I was so grateful for that. What God has done in you and what he's currently doing through you. And so that's, that's, uh, it's really exciting. Today, we're going to be talking about missional engagement specifically. 
and I'm a big person. I know Josh and I both talk about this a lot. We like to define terms. Yeah. Um, and so really when we're going to talk about missional engagement and, you know, how you really have seen that come, uh, come out in your life mm -hmm. and how you, you've walked through that, let's start with defining that term of when you say missional engagement, what do you mean? Yeah. What are you talking about when you think yeah. missional engagement? I think it's important that we just all on the same you know, page when it comes to what you're actually yeah. talking about. So share with us a little bit about, define that term for us so that we're all on the same page. Yeah, yeah. I think I think missional living and its semantics, you know, especially when you hear from from church. So if you've ever been in church or if you're, you know, uh, as a pastor or somebody that just might be listening, I mean, you've heard missions. And the first thought you might think is uh, some poor hut in Africa sweeping the floor with a broom made out of twigs, you know, um, mm -hmm. and it's romanticized. There's and, and, and there is a call that is great. And it's a, it's a sacrifice for a lot of people. Um, but we when I say missional living, it's understanding the commandment. Of, of Christ, um, discerning, meaning uh, helping to try to figure out and understand um, what does this look like to be missional and then answering those calls. And so I think um, understanding Christ's commandment is going to be important for us to go there for make disciples of all nations in Matthew 28. Um, but then also, uh, you know, uh, teaching them to obey and observe all that he's commanded us to do. And so, you know, there's this really, um, excuse my French, but sexy view of missions. Um, and it's it's really ordinary in, in the day-to-day -day, um, if that lens and that, that, that term is defined that way. Mm. So is it, sexy really a French word? Uh, you know, sexy, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if it was French or not. Like that's, that's no, I, I, I've never I, heard it. I didn't know what was going to happen when he said, excuse my French. I was like, hey. This is, I can't click the box that says this is for kids this time. That's right. Uh, that's right. But I will. <laughs> now, I've been on I've been on many mission trips with Nick over the years. We've been to Costa Rica. We've been to Cairo, Egypt, and uh, Nick is incredibly incredible. Like on every trip, but like in Egypt, um, it was just fascinating. You know, we learned so much. We rode camels. We went on the Nile River. I still look back to that trip as super powerful and to see the church a uh, church is planting churches like wanting to plant churches in the gaza strip and mm -hmm. seeing the abuse and the persecution of the church there of course people thought nick was a sheik as we walked around cairo and uh i told them i yeah. was your servant yeah. i told them i was your yeah. servant yeah they stopped us that guy we walked up the stairs and he stopped us and he kissed my hand and he called me sheik and uh, you know, because Josh kind of like, he, you know, he was a, a giant among these these people. And um, they thought that he was my my German uh, bodyguard. So um, I had a long beard and, and the guy, at that time. Remember, and it was like all yeah. red. And, and I looked like yeah. a, so out of place. Uh, but people yeah. would look at me and they look at Nick and be like, Sheik? And I'd say, <laughs> oh, yes, yes. And I would like walk yeah. behind you like real solemn, like whatever you need, I'm here. Yeah. And we, we went on the Nile on the holy day and the guy was like, what, what are you doing out here? You're just being the temple. Like what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was, was a good time, really cool sometimes. experience, but yeah, but I agree that missions sometimes is viewed as it's a certain place. Um, it's, it's a certain type of person. And yes, like you said, there are people that have a specific call to a country, a place or mm -hmm. a tribe. And there, you know, we, we have some in our church that we partner with that are literally right, you know, writing scripture in their language and they are planting churches and equipping and that is that is an amazing amazing uh thing to be a part of but what does the day-to-day -day 
on mission because there's sometimes a disconnect. I think people think, well, mm. that's what missionaries do. But for us that are in America, we just, you know, we go to church and we maybe yeah. invite someone to church and maybe we talk about Jesus a little bit. Or maybe we ha- we give an invite card out at Christmas. Is that what mm. we're talking about? Are we talking about um, those are the super Christians and then just the regular Christians? You know, we're not really good at that. And that scares us. And Typically, we think missions means I have to go to a country I don't want to go to. I know those are really bad examples, but sometimes that seeps into the church, and we wonder why more people don't live out their faith every day. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it it is. It's it's the same type of sacrifice. Right. When when you when you say, Okay, Lord, I am I am committing to live a life of mission. Um, you are sacrificing things. You're sacrificing comfort. Um, you're sacrificing even moments, you know, um, going to the store. Um, hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm here to shop for milk and eggs and bread. That's all I want to get. Um, and, and you beeline to the, egg, you know, area that get them eggs, you get the milk, you get to the bread area and you start to see people um, and, and, and less of your task list. You start to really be able to see and say, Lord, who do I need to talk to in here today? Um, and then after you talk with them, then you go and, and you frequent the, the cashier. Um, my wife, Natalie, uh, she does this really well. She has two cashiers that she goes to specifically um, in order to build relationship and talk about Christ. Um, and this most recent time, she began to have that conversation um, when she was at the store. And um, it just opened up some, some, some new gospel-centered conversations about the Lord, about his grace, about his mercy, about what he's done in her life. And, um, and, and it is taking a perspective of, okay, it's not just you know, Christmas cards or baked goods for somebody in the hospital. It, it is saying, okay, Lord, today, how will you use me today? And I'm at the house mm-hmm. and there's my dog. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> I turned my mute off. Uh, I turned mute on. So Nick, I, I'd love to hear a little bit more, uh, lean in a little bit more, because I know you have probably tons of opportunities to to live missionally. And I agree with what Josh says. I think sometimes we 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 have this disconnect between, uh, you know, missions being something we do versus something how we live. Um, mm-hmm. There's 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 there shouldn't be that dis- disconnect. And um, okay. I, I I'm a firm believer that I don't think we'll ever understand missions on foreign soil until we understand missions in our backyard. And if mm-hmm. that if, if that's the case, what does missions in our backyard look like? Um, so could you lean into that a little bit more? Like, okay, what does it practically look like? Yeah. You gave us one example. Great about going to the store. Um, but walk us through a little bit more about like, if you were to talk and talking to some people at your church, going, Hey, you know, I really want you to live on mission every day of your life. Uh, what examples would you give them of what that looks like? Yeah. When it comes to, um, living missionally in our, in our own backyard, um, you know, I think that I was really, um, challenged one day I was at one of the local spots here in town and I saw one of the pastors that he's been at his church for over 25 years. He served faithfully. Um, and he was busting tables and I was like, bro, what you doing? And he was like, I'm I'm here. I'm here on Thursday nights. This is what I do. Um, and he said, because I've been preaching to my people to live a missional life. He said, my job, our job, the pastors, they, they open us up to opportunities just because we say, hey, I'm a pastor at this church doing a thing. So either conversations happen quickly about God and spirituality, or they get shut down quickly on, you know, on both sides. Um, and he said, in this 
position, I'm a servant and I'm able to, you know, wipe tables off and take people's trays and get into conversations that me as a pastor, I don't know if I can. So I'm, I'm, I'm not telling everybody, hey, go work bust, busting tables. But, you know, I, I've even, you know, seen things online with Josh um, coaching um, within his community and, and uh, us really being engaged, not for church sake, right? Not for, hey, this is, you know, uh, the Bridge Church doing this thing for you guys. It's no, hey, this is me as a Christ follower being gay, engaged. And so I, t- I took kind of that, that same role. And I said, you know what? I love the photography side of things, um, creative itches being scratched. And um, I've had so many conversations um, and I don't tell them I'm a pastor. They just, they just know me as Nick Carter, as a, the photographer. And then we get into conversations. And uh, most recently we have, I've had a really great connection uh, with a repeat um, family, which is also good, <laughs> a repeat family um, where, where they, they had asked um, us about, um, they were doing a maternity session and uh, my wife, she had a miscarriage back um, in March and um, this, our, our, our due date for the same week. And so she asked me, she's like, you know, how, how are you guys doing with that? What's going on? And, and, and I was able to allow, you know, even my ordinary personal things uh, for the Lord to use and get into a gospel centered conversation where I talked about God's mercy and his grace and his love for, for me. And, and then, you know, had the opportunity to pray over them. And, uh, you know, anytime that that's happened, it's been really encouraging um to say okay and challenging for others to say hey look i know that you're like nick the pastor but you know i see you as nick the photographer or nick the coach or nick the you know here um Mm -hmm. ultimately trying to bridge that gap in our own backyard um because my wife and i we we were talking about uh, before the pandemic of going on the field and you know and so i said you know lord um our desires were southeast asia and uh we have some great connections there she's been there before i've been there before um, and so the desire was there. So I, I heard from one of my missions professors, like you said, Josh, earlier, um, or maybe it was Jim, so sorry, um, that, hey, if you're not doing it here, you can't do it across the, the, the pond or, you know, across the sea. Um, and so that, that's in, in my own backyard. It's saying, OK, I'm using every opportunity for the sake of the gospel. Hmm. That's powerful. And I think there's a, it's like, it's like, how do we, how do we teach? How do we teach? And not like you're saying, not only teach, but model. And and you gave great examples, right? Whether it's your photography. Um, I love coaching my kids. And of course, Jay, you do that too. And so many conversations, so many families I've met. Uh, I usually don't tell them I'm a pastor, you know, right away. Sometimes people know, or they, a friend tells them, and then they start acting weird. Um, Or they just look at me strange, or they go, pastors like basketball or you know it's just interesting people's perspectives are like on ministry or leaders and stuff like that which is hilarious to me but i think the more genuine we are and the more just meeting people where they're at uh breaks down all those awkward religious bubbles or or just perspectives that people have about people that go to church and whether whether they experience christ or they experience um just judgment judgmental spirit or just uh, really strange uh, the way people talk or, or even communicate about about church or about the gospel. And so for me, it's like, how do we, not only how do I continue to try my best to model that, but what do we tell our people? Like, how do we teach them? How do we develop this culture where it's not just something that a few do, but the whole church it, it understands 
that as you go about baseball, as you go, right. That's the whole idea mm-hmm. of go make disciples as you are going. Um, yeah. How do we make, how do, how do we emphasize that or even help that become a movement where it's not just something that uh, we talk about as, as like, like a programmatic mindset, but as a lifestyle, you know, cause I think that's what we're really talking yeah. about today. How does this become not just something I do in Southeast Asia, if God calls me there, but I do every day and it's convicting because it really does ask us the question, you know, are we living on mission? And, and I think mm-hmm. for a lot of the parents here and the people that I know here, um, it's not teaching them to add more programs to their life, which is typically what church does. Oh, we need to add five more programs. But instead, as you coach, as you're on vacation, here's ways you can live out the gospel and help people find and follow Jesus. So that's really, it's foundational. It's, this isn't rocket science, but how do we help our people do that? What, what, what do you do in your church or what are you trying to do, uh, Nick, to really build that, that heartbeat? Yeah, like you said, uh, there there are moments of, of of people saying, "Well, why don't we have our Tuesday night visitation?" I mean, if, if you grew up, you know, church model, you know, twenty years ago, it was say Tuesday night visitations, Wednesday night church, Thursday night revisitations, you know, and so those 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 have worked and have been effective, and sometimes, um, but it, it, it's a, it's another checklist. I feel it's another thing, and so what what I try to encourage our folks here, and um, Yuli is to ask the Lord to give you the desire. Ask him to, 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 for you to really be broken over the people that you come in contact with and that you know um, you have such a, uh, I, I always use this analogy. Um, I'm like, you know, we give people a candy-coated Tylenol for their cancer diagnosis um, when, when we are just, you know, kind of lackadaisical in our relationships and, and, and how. And so my, my, my heartbeat isn't to guilt because, you know, I don't want folks to do anything out of guilt or because I said so. I want it to be where the Lord begins to stir in their heart and says, Hey, you have been called to this place for, for such a time as this, whether you're a nurse or a barista or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God, First Corinthians would say. And so you, you have this, 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 this tension um, where you're like, okay. And, and so we have, we have some you know, classes that help equip and train and um, all those things. But in, in the ordinary, it's saying, okay, it's those, it's those real conversations. It's that when a friend comes over, they're sharing, you know, or we're sharing, hey, th- I talked to this person about the gospel. Um, and it's it's letting it be a part of who you are, like you said, not just um, what you do. Uh, you become a person where, you know, um, I was I was um, recently had the opportunity to deliver some some food to one of the the schools, just trying to again connect that with that those, 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 our community and make much of Christ. And um, I, I was wearing some white pants that day. And um, uh, when I picked up the the, the Christian chicken, got holy blessed uh, chicken uh, that morning from Chick Fil A. Uh, sponsor <laughs> sponsor them. Um, he uh, um, I, I'd gotten the coffee and it spilled over all over my pants. And so. I, I got up my truck and I, I knew I know the vice principal of the school there. And uh, he was like, hey, looks like you got some coffee for us. Um, and I was like, how did you know? He goes, I can see it all over your britches. And, and that's how they say <laughs> pants here in Yulee, Florida, all over your britches. And, all my um, britches, and all so, my britches. All my britches, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I just thought, you know, as we live missionally, when, when we begin to share about Christ, people are going to say, I already knew you were going to bring me that. I already knew you were going to talk to me about the Lord, whether it's say, hey, already knew, or it's say, hey, already knew, come come tell me more about, about this, this Christ that you so talk about. And, and like your, your life looks like it really, you know, we, like, like the scripture would say, there's a fragrance within us of Christ likeness where people are saying, hey, 
um, you know, and I had coffee, but in this, you know, bridge to that would be, um, you know, as we're patient with folks as we go and um, it's standing in a line at a gas station, getting some, you know, candies for our kiddos where, you know, the, the, the thing goes down, the, the machine goes down and, and you're just like, all right, cool. And you, you look at the, the room, you say, Lord, you've placed me for such a time as this. How can I make much of you? Um, ordinarily, you're, you're, you know, and then, you know, but there is that tension of, okay, Lord, I, I've, I've, you know, maybe for somebody, I've done this here. I've done the mission of living here, but I do feel a call into um, the nations. And so um, that's, that's where the further equipping happens, but we have to be people and, and, and as pastors, really seeing those people and saying, hey, wow, like you guys are doing the thing. And is God stirring your heart either to, you know, uh, missions or to begin something within your 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 uh, workplace of a Bible study? Like, how can I come alongside you and as a pastor do my biblical obligation to equip you for the work of the ministry? Um, in that, and so I've I've been so excited just to see different people um, doing Bible studies within their, their coffee shop, within their, you know, uh, one of them does nursing and, and they, they have a little study and they say, hey, if you, you can come if you want to. This isn't anything, you know, weird. I just want to invite you. And that's the other thing. Don't be weird. Uh, don't be weird. So <laughs> don't be weird. Don't, don't be weird. That's great. Hey, I'm listening to this and I'm, I'm getting really, really pumped up. Um, and, and a couple of things have been just, you, you know, we've, we've gone back to the great commission, go and make disciples as you're going to make disciples. And I was with a church plan this morning. And I think this is fascinating. It all fits together. So the church plan this morning and they were telling me how excited they were about being in their community, living on mission, serving the community, things of that sort. And then there's this tension to where like, hey, you know, but I've also got to get, you know, Sunday morning church things going on and, you know, uh, things of that sort. Now, I'm not underestimating church, Sunday morning church gatherings. I think we're, we're commanded. We should gather. We should worship together. But mm -hmm. I told him, I said, look, here's the one thing you have going for you as a church plant that no other church in your community probably has. You're writing the DNA of that church. Now, I'm thinking about this. What was the DNA of the early church? What was the DNA Jesus commanded us to live out? What was it? Go and make disciples. As you're going in life, make disciples. We have kind of shifted that, and we church has grown up into this big organism, you know, organization to where now we've rewritten it, and it says, go, and as you're going, invite people to church versus yeah. make disciples. We, we've yeah. almost taken the ownership out of it that we don't longer own it anymore. We have, to, we have to just push people towards the church versus owning our responsibility. That's what I'm hearing, and it's just fascinating, the fact that, like, yeah, you're right. We have this responsibility, this ownership that we're supposed to have. And in some ways we've, we've, we've missed it. Um, and so I, I'd love your, your expertise here, perhaps, uh, Nick. Um, what would you suggest is, is maybe some of the greatest hindrances, the things that get in the way of believers doing this very thing that we're talking about? We, 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 we see it in scripture. We talk about it as pastors. You, you see all these things. We, we know what we know, we know, but practically how do you know, what are the things that step in the way uh, and i think identifying these things are important what are the things that step in the way of us actually doing it from your your, your yeah, perspective I, yeah um you said it perfectly about the you know hey jesus said hey go and it just happened right and you see the the, the church spread all across the world uh, the gospel spread across the world believers come to faith in christ or people coming to faith in christ and becoming believers um uh, the other day a guy called me he's like hey nick I, I have a question you know this lady um she's needing money for a couch she just got you know her husband left her and she's got an apartment um you know do you think it's okay if i give her money for this couch and i'm like 
you don't need my permission. Like you, you, you don't need my mm-hmm. permission or, you know, um, you know, or, you know, if you need me to come over to help you take it over there, absolutely. I'm, I'm all, I'm all ears, you know, I'm all, I'm, I'm you know, emotional, but you know, like I, I can help with those things. Um, but I think a hindrance is, um, the person that they look in the mirror every single day. Um, you know, and, and, and now there's some with workplaces and there's some things you can't discuss. Like you can't, you know, in some places you can, hey, yeah, I can't, I can't talk about Christ here or my job, uh, you know, will be taken away from me. And so there's a wisdom of like, okay, how do I, um, you know, there's, there's that old, old saying, I don't agree with it. Um, it says, Hey, you know, preach the gospel if necessary, use words. Um, I'm not a guy that believes in that. I'm, I'm a guy that would say, um, preach the gospel. Um, and, and, and with your life, make much of Christ. And, 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 mm-hmm. and it's, it's a, it's an easy thing because it's like, Hey, well, I love, well, I, 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 I serve, well, I give a lot of money. And, and this is what happens with people that come to our congregation sometimes, as they are in the sense of the, the global church. They say, well, I give, I serve, I've wiped a baby's butt this week in the nursery. I'm, I'm good. And so I'm living out a life of the gospel. And I'm like, yeah, yes and no, in the sense of, yes, you are practicing Christian um, uh, habits of hospitality and of servitude and, and of, of, of humility, um, but you must share we've been called i mean mm-hmm. you, you see all throughout the scriptures where it's you must speak you know you must you must use the most powerful thing we have mm-hmm. the tongue to, to proclaim the gospel um and in every facet and so um i think it, it's fear sometimes of 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 will this person you know with this co-worker still like me or even you know even even closer will my spouse will they still love me if they if they hear me share the gospel with them um, or, or my cousin, or my my brother, or my sister, um, and and so I think it's it's a little bit of fear, but it's 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 uh, I would say fear is the biggest hindrance, uh, a fear of rejection, a fear of of isolation, of being isolated. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I remember coming to faith in Christ at seventeen. Um, we had this big hangout park um, in my hometown, and I, I and again I, I I was I was fresh off the press. Heaven had just got finished cleaning up the party for me, kind of deal. And I, <laughs> I I I walk in and I I say uh, I was like telling all my friends, like, look, Jesus changed my life. Like He has given me a new life. And in that that one year that I was going into my senior year of high school, every single one of those people dropped me. Um, and, and it was, it was lonely in some areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was, it was kind of depressing in a lot of ways because I was like, Lord, like, uh, you know, and it wasn't even one thing I had to, I had to hate them and get them out of, out of my life. It was like, they hated me and pushed me out. Um, and, and the Lord was just so gracious, um, for our senior superlatives in high school. Uh, I, I was voted most changed. And I, and I say that not to be like, Oh, look mm. at me, but it was one of those things where the, the Lord really saw, um, or the, the school saw what the Lord did in my life. Um, and, um, my, my brother and I, we began to share the gospel and we had 300 kids come into a worship club, um, you know, and so I, at an early time in my faith, I had the, the, the privilege to be able, uh, to be under someone that pushed me to missional living that said, Hey, your mm-hmm. friends are too lost for you to be quiet. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and as, as people that might be listening to it, um, your coworkers are too lost for you to be quiet. Um, you can be kind and gentle and, 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 and loving. And, and those are, you know, there also are scriptures where you see, um, Hey, you know, do these good works. So, so others may glorify your father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so you're like, okay, Lord, there's that, that, that tension, but I think we lean on the side of a really good humanitarian, at, um, efforts and, and less, you know, human for the soul. Uh, there's a God mm-hmm. that loves you and desires relationship with you. And, um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah. 
I would say, I would say fear is a huge, huge hindrance in many facets. I think that's so good, Nick. I, I, going back to what we talked about, the tension, right, between uh, go to church, be the church, um, mm-hmm. you know, the idea of we are to go about our lives and make disciples, right? We all agree. Mm-hmm. Everybody, nobody I've met in church disagrees with that. Um, yeah. But at the same time, there's almost a pendulum swing, right? You go back 20 years, it was the huge, they call it the church growth, growth movement, where it's all about creating this experience where you invite everybody on Sunday. And then the mm-hmm. quote unquote professional Christians, the pastors will explain the gospel to you. They'll figure out all the things you need. I just need to get you there. And then we, then there's been a huge shift the last, I don't know, five, 10 years where the word missional has become like the new hot word. It's like, yeah. I'm not even sure it's a real word. We've created this word, right? And, it, mm-hmm. and it's a great word because it brings us to the part, the heart of the mission of Christ. And I believe it's both. I don't think there is a, a biblical precedent that says, we should just go and tell and, and Sunday morning should just be, you know, just for believers only. There's some churches that believe that I believe the church is the believers gathered together, but I believe the church is most healthy when the believers are gathered around the mission and, and throughout Jesus's ministry, there was come and see moments, but there's also go and tell. And I think they both work well together. I think that there's your, our churches should be safe places to bring friends and build in community and ask questions and, and feel the love. But also at the same point, we should be equipped and go out to the ball fields, to these places, wherever God has you uh, to share yeah. and show the love of Christ. And so it's, it's like you said, it's modeling it, but it's also opening our mouths and saying, Hey, can I tell you how Jesus has changed my life? Is there anything I can pray for you about? You know, I I hear that you're going through a difficult time in your life. Uh, We're getting ready to, we're we're getting ready to order our food. We're actually getting ready to pray. Uh, Can we pray for you? Just those moments, um, God can, God shows up. And so that's something I've really wrestled with. Just what I just shared was this extremism that I've, I've, I've actually been at churches where they picked one. And, uh, and I found that a lot of church planners, Jay, and you could speak into this have chosen the only missional route. And they say, well, we're not, you know, Sunday morning, we're not going to put any energy into that hardly. We're just going to hang out at Starbucks and we're just going to just walk around and we're going to just talk to people. And yes, do that. Um, But the gathering of the body, building teams, building small groups is equally as important because um, we should be excited to invite people into the church family. And I know that's not what you guys are, you're not saying, but I yeah. do think for those listening, I could have heard some of it today and go, well, I guess that doesn't matter then. I don't even have to go to church then. Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, really, I don't even need the church. I'm just going to share my faith and just hang out. And so mm. um, I just want to kind of throw that curveball today because I do well, think that's I, an I don't think, argument. I don't think like I literally was at a church planner conference and literally I had a pastor friend like literally say about another pastor across the room, like, oh, he went missional. And I was like, what, yeah. what does that mean? Like, oh, he went what missional. And then, and then the other guys around the circle were like, oh, 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 he did. Okay. And it was like this weird, awkward moment. I'm, of course, like younger. And I'm thinking, what are they even talking about? And what they, yeah. what they meant was he's not an attractional church anymore. He just is missional. So, but we are. And I'm thinking, yeah. why do we choose? Yeah. You so know, it, it really again, bugged me. Yeah, no, yeah, a missional church is an attractional church because if you're living on mission, it's going to attract. 
It's going to be attractive. Oh, yeah. People are going to be Agreed. attracted to it because it's living out the way God called us to live. We're attracted, whether we like it or not, we're attracted to the design, the natural design that God created for us. That's there what we're drawn to. We were created for that. That's in that's in our DNA of our creation. The reason why we don't do that is because we also have a human selfish nature where we want to do it ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. This is the tension every person lives towards. Paul, when he's writing yeah. about communion, says, hey, don't take this in an unworthy manner. Why? Because you're going to cause somebody to stumble. Well, you're probably mm -hmm. going to cause yeah. people to stumble, the ones that are not believers. They're, they're there. They're, they exist. Um, I think you're absolutely right. We're not at all trying to paint the picture that you don't the church is not important we're supposed to gather we're supposed to worship i believe church is mm. the exclamation point after a week long of living on mission it's the exclamation point oh, yeah. so we get to go celebrate yeah. what god has done yeah. what god is doing and lord willing those people that we've been on mission and speaking to and speaking into their lives are with us side mm. by side in worship because their lives have been transformed oh, yeah. because we're living on mission so the mm -hmm. two go hand yeah. in hand. It's not one or the other, Josh. You're absolutely right. So yeah. Um, yeah. great. And, fr and from that, great, great addition. Yeah. And and from that, you know, um, the opportunities that I've had within the, you know, personally in the the, the missional living, you know, uh, it's been one of those things where people have come. I'm like, hey, I have a seat for you this Sunday. Come come see me. And, um, you know, there's this one guy. He owns one of the, the newest shops in town. And um, he's sat with me many a Sunday and uh, continues mm. to um, not want to fall after Christ. But in those moments of a crisis, uh, I'm, I'm the first person he calls because there's something that, you know, th there's a trust that's been built um, by being faithful in, in that speaking where you say, hey, I'll, I'll come sit with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that whatever you've got, it must be real. And I mm. want to see, like, like Jay said, it, it, it should be, whoa, whoa, and not a come and see but a, I trust it. I, I, tr I trust what this is. Um, um, I trust you enough to trust what this is. So. This is good stuff. We could go on and on about the conversation about, and I hope somebody looks at me and classifies me as, oh, you've gone missional. I hope somebody says that about me. I really do. <laughs> that might I be a whole other podcast, but I that memory came back, man. It, it came back <laughs> after y'all were talking. I'm like, I still remember that day. I'm standing in Orlando oh, at an exponential man. conference. And these, mm. I mean, like a couple, I mean, like, and I still re highly respect all of these guys. Um, I, but it was such an odd moment for me. I was like, what is happening? I don't know I what really this term, don't know. I didn't even know what the terms meant, you know, at that age. I, I was mean, like, maybe like 25, 26. I'm like, what is this new word? Like, I, I thought everybody was on mission. That is like a, that is like a, like you're, you're, I'm getting a little upset about that comment because I'm like, I don't mean to drop the grenade. I literally dropped the grenade. It's this yeah. idea that like, you know, I think as churches grow, if they're not intentional, they're going to, they're going to actually, they, they probably won't be as missional because they'll turn into an organization mm -hmm. that is running right. a church versus oh, yeah. like, Hey, there's this scalable mentality that needs to happen to where you never lose sure. the mission side. You just scale it differently based it. off of the yeah. size you develop of the teams yeah and so you the just 3, develop this member church is still right. missional it just looks different than the hundred absolutely member church. and that's not fair to judge that church based on how large or small or whatever but it was a mentality yeah. thing it was a it was using these well, phrases feel, to I kind of judged. go well it, it wasn't even really judgment <laughs> it was just kind of like oh like he's kind of shifted his heart to be mm. not as focused off. at this as he is during the mm. week and i'm saying I think most people probably in America, if they are believers and they're somewhat growing, they're going to know they should go to church. Does that mean they go, you know, the percentages tell you they're way down by how many, how many times they attend every Sunday during the month. 
But what I would say, like you guys have said the whole time, and I 100% agree, the struggle is most people are not living missionally, or they just don't know how, or they've never seen it modeled, or they just are afraid of what they're going to, well, I not know what to say. What if I don't have the right answers? It's all those kind of reasons that you said, Nick, was fear. And and we, we tend to fear people and fear what people think. And that really does, like you said, keep us from living on mission because the worst thing that could happen in our today's culture, I feel like for, for a lot of people is just to be canceled, to be ridiculed, yeah. to be mocked or to be cut out. Like you were in high school, all your friends said, oh, you're a Christian. All right, we're done with you, right? That's not real friends. You know, that's called fake friends. But in high school, I mean, friends are everything to some kids, you know, mm-hmm. um, but God gave you grace to move on, you know, and that's, that's awesome. Listen, we, we, this has been a great conversation. We probably need to have a plan too. I need to go cool off because I'm, I'm a little worked up. I'm like, my wife and I just, my wife and I just had a conversation today about like, all right, it's time to get the ground rolling here. How are we going to get people in our neighborhood on our driveway mm-hmm. so that we can eventually get them in our house and we can, you know, begin to build these relationships. Cause we just moved here two months ago, but like after two months, I'm like, all right, I need to get somebody in my backyard yeah. uh, to talk to them and hang out with them about the around the barbecue barbecue is missional. That's, That's right. Living. You, barbecue that, is missional living. Barbecue is missional living. preach right there. <laughs> Nick wants some of my barbecue. That's okay, Nick. I do. You can come down yeah. anytime you want. I ain't I, driving we, no more. What? I ain't driving no more, though. <laughs> I refuse to drive. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> listen, fun, great conversation. And uh, listen, I think there needs to be a part two and get Nick back on the on the podcast here. We can continue Absolutely. this conversation about missional living. Um, mm. but Nick, thanks so much for coming and stirring the pot yes, and sir. getting us all riled up. Uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy it. Getting us all flustered. Um, listen, I hope you're listening today and that you are somewhat a little flustered. We all should be when we start talking about mission and it should hit a nerve. Like, Hey, we need to be on mission. We should be on mission. We should be going about our everyday in the workplace, in the grocery store, at the restaurants, in our neighborhood, on the ball fields, wherever we are, we should be on mission understanding that we've been called to do that. This is our primary calling above it. This is a prime. This is who God called us to. This is our instructions. Um, and yes, get to church and celebrate that with other believers. Cause when you walk out of church, you're encouraged, you're excited because uh, mm-hmm. you're ready to take on the week. And when you get back to church it's an exclamation point, cause you're celebrating all that God's done. It's a big circle, yeah. the circle of life. Um, but listen, Nick, thanks so much for being here. Uh, Josh, yeah, so as always, down. I'm grateful to hang out with you uh, and learn from our friend, Nick. And uh, so listen, from all of us here at the Pastor Pod, thank you for another uh, time, another conversation. Thank you for your time. And we look forward to seeing you back next week.